Hi there, and welcome to the Four Parents Podcast. I am Ivy Lassiter, and I host these conversations where we talk about parenting stuff, lessons learned, funny stories, and practical wisdom from normal people who have been there. Today, I'm talking with Nanette. Nanette is a mom of grown girls and has been leading preschool ministry for, are you ready for this? 30 years. How amazing is that? And I recently met Nanette and just love her heart for preschoolers and parents of preschoolers. She is a wealth, I mean, a wealth of wisdom. So here's our conversation. All right. So why does it matter for preschoolers to be taught about Jesus? Like as little as babies, like why does that matter? It's so important. Jesus affects everything. Uh So it affects the heart. Uh So even before babies can speak, their heart is beating. Oh my gosh. And so Jesus affects their heart and the heart of the heart of the matter. You know how we Uh say that a lot. The heart um, is where our our decisions are made from, where our desires come Mm. from, our passions, our actions. And so why wouldn't we speak the name of Jesus over our babies so that they can understand there is a God who has created me and affects me on the very inside of who I am. So Jesus affects the heart. But then your worldview comes from that and your future depends on Jesus. Uh-huh. So let's start there. Yeah. The end result is going to be meeting Jesus. So let's start with introducing our children to Jesus. That is so good. Yeah. Have you always, like when you had, when your girls were little, did you have that view? I did because I was blessed to be in a family that um, did that when we were young. My dad was a pastor, and so it was automatic. We were at the church as much as we were at home. And not that the church is the one place you talk about Jesus. It's not. You are going to do that in the home. So um, we just filled our home with praise music and talking about Jesus and the books and the Bible stories and all that. So it was very natural for yes. us. Some people it's not. And, I know. and so there are great resources for that to help. But um yes, naturally it just kind of flows out of So do I you am. remember being really little and knowing about Jesus? Oh yeah. Like what's I, I your earliest I, memory? Oh I don't know that I ha- have one because yeah. it just always was, you know, yeah. part. So I really probably don't even have one. I I became a Christian, gave my life to Jesus at the age of seven. And yeah. so that was pretty young, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, but I remember that day very yes. clearly. So at, you know, on mom and dad's bed and praying. And then my dad baptized me. Oh, and my gosh. So sweet, sweet. And that's a huge blessing to have a family like that. But that doesn't mean that because you weren't raised that way, you can't have a family like that. Oh. You, know? you can start whenever Whenever, with right. whatever age child right. you have, it just needs to become a part of the rhythm of your yes. home. Yes. And to think when you see families that they are starting the generation. Right. Of, you know, they're they're right. breaking yes. the things of the past and starting. You're starting the legacy, which it's like. You yeah. Know, that's just cool to think about. And you that's can a big those skills. deal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what truths about God do you think preschoolers need to know or do you mm-hmm. think are important for them to? There are three of them that we have hung on to and they have 
they just really stick well for especially young children. We say, God made me, God loves me, God is my friend. It's good. And that comes from the, I, I, I want to, well, it comes from the Bible. <laughs> it comes from God. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the, the, just those short phases, the folks that have put together Orange Curriculum yes. and Rethink, they are the ones that really kind of helped me be able to see the validity of the short <laughs> phrases and just that on repeat. Uh-huh. Those three things, everything else, really, all of your theology, everything you believe right. really can come from those three core huh. truths. God made me. God loves me. God is my friend. That's good. So yeah. practically, what do you think it looks like to teach preschoolers those truths? Mm. It's all about the habits in your home, really. Uh-huh. And so, so getting up in the morning, how does it begin? How does your mm-hmm. day begin? What is the attitude in the home? What's the feelings that are shared? How do you bless your child when they wake up? Mm. Um, so just saying, God made you, God loves you, and so do I. Oh you know, my those gosh. kinds of things. Yes. It's you're, you're, as a parent, you're automatically going to, I would hope that you were automatically say, I love you. Well, then if you can say, I love you, you can say, God loves you too. That's good. So those just automatic things that you're already saying, what else can you just tag on that points them to God, to Jesus, to his love? Mm-hmm. So that the regular habits in the home, mm-hmm. and, and that starts with, what are your routines in the morning? What are your routines as you're going to school or sitting down for a meal and then bedtime? You know, just breaking right. out your day by your regular rhythms. Right. Well, then look at that and see where can I intersect our everyday life with these truths that God made uh-huh. us, God loves us, God is our friend. Right. Um, so... Looking at your habits. But the easiest way to do that is just how does the day start? How does the day end? Because at least you'll get two. Yes. (laughs) Those are the big ends. Those are probably your your mainstays, you know. Right, right. So start there. You you wake up and you go to sleep every day. Yeah, And eating, you eat every day. So that kind of helps. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about bedtime routines. Mm -hmm. Like what what is a (laughs) – I want some practical ideas for bedtime. Um, bedtime is so tricky depending on your schedules, but the first place is to start with a schedule. Yeah. Um, and I focus so much on young children, on preschoolers, right. but uh, that bedtime, regular time in the evenings of if you're going to settle down, you've gotten some energy out outside or playing an active game yeah. or having a dance party with the family, you yes. know, put the praise music on, yes. get, yeah. get the wiggles out as much as possible. And then that bath time of just kind of starting to relax. And maybe huh. that's when you start playing the classical music or something that calms a little bit Yeah, and set that up for your bedtime story. Uh-huh. And that's another place where it's super easy to add in those Bible stories yeah. at night. And all the snuggles and hugs that can come from that Mm -hmm. time is so precious. Yes. But then settling down and figuring out what is that very last thing you want your child to hear from you. Oh, 
you know, just how can you bless them into their rest, into their sleep? And I'm making this sound so simple and easy, and bedtime is not Not that at all. Because we're also exhausted. And they are not cooperative. I get that. So you've got to do this hard work of consistency over and over and over. And give yourself grace when it's not Exactly. And when you've got Big Sisters choir concert that lasts into the night, you know, or whatever, those things are going to happen. But when you can be consistent with whatever the schedule is, that very last thing you say as you put them in bed, mm-hmm. as you lay them in that crib, or as you tuck them in, and as you turn out the light, what is it that you want them to know mm-hmm. the most? You love them, mm-hmm. most certainly. Mm-hmm. But God is here mm-hmm. with us, and He loves us too. Yes. So nighttime, yes. night times are super important, and it's hard work, right, to get that established well, right. So just beat down consistency, right. Is it's hard, and when you're if you're parenting by yourself, um, or if you're parenting and your um, husband or or wife or on the field working, whatever that may be, you still might be doing this by yourself. Exactly. And that's just tiring. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard. I don't want to make light of it. Right. But, but well, yeah. And I think the the concept of, you know, you, it's not a failure if you don't do it seven times a week. Exactly. Like it's yes. a win if you do it once. Yes. Start do it once. Yes. That that and then you know like build on that. Right. I just right. think and and what I like to say when I'm encouraging parents is don't get um don't beat yourself up for those times that didn't go exactly. Right, but celebrate the one time uh-huh. that did go right. That's great. Celebrate that whether that's a a silent little yeehaw inside of you <laughs> or yeah. I, I've even told parents. Cut out your handprint from construction paper and paste it on your door frame mm-hmm. somewhere in your room and give yourself a high yeah. five when something oh, went right that yes. nobody else saw. Yes. You know, but it was just happened in your home and it was good. Give yourself this a high five. It's worth celebrating. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I want to ask about how old did these stories, would you say like bedtime stories should happen? Oh. I would say as long as possible. So, Even, and then, but when when should they start? Like, oh, you mean like the age of the child? Yes. I mean, if I'm okay. saying you okay. could go yeah, as late yeah. as sixth grade or however, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. but because um, I remember, I'm asking you this because I remember having Warren, my <laughs> oldest, and it was like two weeks in, you know, and I had like had, a, I was like, I'm gonna be a mom, <laughs> yeah, and, and he's two weeks old. I mean, I was like, am I should. Am I not doing this right? Like, <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? Yes. What does it look like when you have a new baby yeah. or even six months? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you see what yeah. I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think when they start, when you begin to realize there is the difference between day and night. <laughs> with yeah, that newborn, yeah, yeah. You, know, yes. you never know if it's what day is it, and then is it nighttime or is it daytime? Right. Um, but when you finally get to the point where they have a stretch of nighttime sleep and there is that period where you're feeding and then they're going to be going, actually going to bed for the night. Yes. 
I think that's a sweet time to start incorporating. It might not be a story. It might just be a Bible verse that you say the same one all week long, you know, or all month long. Say it for a month. It it doesn't matter. But maybe that's just a place to start is with one verse. That's good. You can say over them. And I was big into music. And so singing was my love language at that time in my life when I had littles. And so I sang a lot with them. At, and so that would have probably been my story time where yes. with my music. Yes. So Man, yeah, I love the idea of a verse because then that means you're mm-hmm. memorizing the mm-hmm. verse. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that is really good. Mm-hmm. I also remember with specifically Harris. I don't know why. I, I feel like God really spoke to me at night when I would be rocking. Yes. Yes. It's I would just be like, that quiet yes. I would mm-hmm. talk to God during that time when I was rocking him and mm-hmm. felt like very close to God, mm-hmm. which was which matters. It really matters. Yes. And that that's the other time thing about nighttime is to allow our children enough space to kind of reset. Uh-huh. They don't get probably enough quiet time. Uh-huh. So that's probably why that was so special to you. Yeah. It's just the quiet. For sure. We have so many devices and so much background noise now that our children don't really know what it means to be quiet, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. So nighttime is the perfect place to allow some space for quiet. That's when they can start to shut down, but their mind kicks He's in. processing. And so yeah. I remember when our girls were young, that's our youngest. That's when she had all of her questions. Oh, when yes. the light was out and you were walking out the door, everything had been done, you know, <laughs> and then she would say, mommy, what about, you know, okay. and we would, here we go with, well, that's just because that was her time to finally process the day or think about what's coming next. Because it was quiet. Uh huh. Absolutely. Our children are desperately need of quiet. Yeah. So nighttime yeah. is a good time for that. If, if again, depending on your personalities and all that. Yeah. Oh well, and I'm sure sometimes you would answer some of those questions, and then sometimes you'd be like, "It's time." For exactly. Bed. You have to whether set some boundaries you're <laughs> just ready for bed or. <laughs> but exactly. I, I mean, some of our best conversations happen at night. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to keep those, you want to keep being a place where they feel comfortable asking questions. Right. Um, I love your nighttime practical ideas. Will you talk about meals? Because they're, they can feel crazy with, (laughs) so how do, so crazy. How do you bring God into mealtime? Yeah. Well, it could be the fact that you just do these breath. Thank you, prayers. <laughs> yes. It's not going to be quiet. Don't wait for quiet at mealtime. Okay. Sure. So be reasonable about when you expect some quiet, first of all. And so it does not have to be quiet for prayer time. Yeah. God is listening to us all the time. Oh, and all that's the noises. Good. He can filter out all of it and yes. those. So I would say as you're filling the cup or cleaning up the spilled you know, juice or (laughs) whatever, just start saying thank you prayers. Thank you, God, for these children. Thank you, God, that you've given us food. Thank you, God, for the day that we get to have. Thank you. Just start saying that out loud. Even if they're asking for something, as they ask, you can say, thank you, God, that these children are in need of whatever, you know. And we can provide. Yes. Try to shift it from 
that tired frustration, I'm doing this one more time. Are you kidding me? Yes. (laughs) Yes. To thank you that this is what my life is right now. That's good. But our children will begin to have that gratitude, Uh that attitude of gratitude, you know, from that. And we can, instead of, it might help us actually change our tone when we realize we're talking to God. If we can, (laughs) yes, yes. Being bothered so much by right. cleaning up all these messes, or right? Whatever it is. Right. Your attitude shifts when you look right. to him. And yeah. the other, again, what I said about music, we we sang our blessings. We oh, sang our, yeah. our thank you God song. You know, yeah. and and something about singing does unify everybody. It gets everybody on the same page. It makes everything stop, and they real really will sing with you yes. when you try that. Yes. Um, it has to be natural for y'all, but um, but that does help kind of, it kind of is a little reset button right. to just start well, singing. And everyone can contribute. Yes. Like it's not, you know, right. they, little little ones can start singing Right, that. right. It kind of levels the playing field. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So singing is another. That's really good. Help. And there are so many good resources. If you've got but if you choose a verse like this verse you want to say at night, yeah. well, then write it out and leave it laying in the middle of the table. And read it. It reminds you to say yeah. it over and over. Just say that at mealtime, yeah. too. The more times your children hear that same verse, right. the more they are going to get it. And then they'll start saying it for you. And it's so good. It'll be fun to see if they don't remind you when you forget. Oh, and I know. Mommy, we forgot to say. Our mm-hmm. kids can be our best accountability. Exactly. Okay, so, what are your favorite resources for kids? There are a lot, but <laughs> we'll, we'll probably um, list out a your- Let's let's just stick with well, I'm going to start with the Bible first. Yes. So my favorite Bible translation for children, yes. no matter the age, is the N-I-R-V, so the yeah. New International Reader version. Uh-huh. I love it. I use it. I use it for myself. I use it for adults, but I love it for children. Yes. And so that, mm, I think it's called Read to Me Bible, is it's illustrated. So it's a Bible story book, but it it is straight scripture from the N-I-R-V. Oh, so it's not okay. a story written. It's just using the scriptures to tell the story. Right. Um, and it's Read to Me Bible. That that one we really love. Now, the illustrations might be a little funny. <laughs> oh, okay. Good morning. Uh, but um, it's still, it, it's really a good little Bible story book. For preschoolers. For, mm-hmm. That's good. But then the NIRV for even elementary children okay. is a great translation. It is a great mm-hmm. one. And then, of course, the next one would be um, the Jesus Storybook Bible. I know. You know, there are so many good resources tied to it. They mm-hmm. put out really good yes. free resources online mm-hmm. um, to supplement that book. Yes. And, um Love it. Uh, you know, the YouTube channels for when she's reading all of those stories is sweet. Yes. And there's not anything animated really about it. I mean, the illustrations are animated, but the the YouTube is just the pictures of the book. Right. You know, when you go to that. So that's good, too. I love that. That is good. Yeah. 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 There's another, and I should be able to quote the author. 
And I can't. Um, the Invisible String is a good oh. book for children who have a hard time leaving mom and dad. And it good. talks about okay. this little resource of this invisible string that's tied to their heart, uh-huh. your heart. Uh-huh. Um, so those children that are deeper thinkers, <laughs> yeah, sometimes might be a little more um, connected to parents and separation is hard. And yeah. so this is a sweet story and really gives parents a good tool to use That's and good. words to say yes. for their child that has a hard time being left. Yeah. That's a sweet one. Yeah. So that's called The Invisible String. While you're on this topic, you have a lot of experience with this. How or what advice do you have for parents whose children are really having a like hard mm-hmm. time being dropped off at church mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. their little Mother's Day out or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times it's you just got to <laughs> wait some things out the maturity, their, the, the growth of a child physically, mentally, emotionally takes a long time <laughs> to get synced. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because they can be growing so quickly physically. Yes. But not as quickly emotionally. Huh? And that gets them all out of whack. And that's when you get these little eruptions of these storms that come out as little fits or um, emotional crisis yeah. because they're all out of sync with their growth. Everything's not lining up. It's yeah. not perfect. Yeah. You know? Well, and then we, in our adult mind, look at a child that's very tall and seems to be very mature in some but, areas. Right. But, yeah. But inside of them emotionally is not the same. Yes. So then that can trip us up and think, you should be acting different. <laughs> but that's not true at all. It's just that they have grown faster physically than they have emotionally. So that's just a little tidbit about all, so the, good. all the brain stuff going on. Well, and emotionally... Y- everyone's on their own track. So just because one five-year-old or Mm -hmm. three-year-old is perfectly Mm -hmm. fine doing this, it doesn't Mm -hmm. always mean that Mm -hmm. that's going to be true for every child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when you go to the doctor, all you hear are all the physical measurements and where they are on the scale and on this and that. There is no way to measure internally how the child is growing. Right. You know, if we had that, wow, wouldn't that be helpful? (laughs) I mean, maybe, I don't know. But um, yeah, so to just realize some of this just takes maturing and that's, I shouldn't use the word just, um, but it does, it's it's just a timeline thing. However, there are things to do when a child is not easily adapting to a new space. A lot of that comes into trust. Uh-huh. So you go back to what are what are they able to trust and and why are things so upsetting to them? So sometimes that means their routines are not concrete enough, maybe. Hmm. Maybe the um, atmosphere in the home is so disjointed. Let's just put it that way, I guess. Um, There's not enough regular anticipation of routines in in a child's life. So they really haven't learned where they can trust because things change constantly for them. I see. Does that make sense? So things like... 
uh, order. There's an, it, it helps to provide some structure order to bedtime because they know what to anticipate. Right. They know what's coming. Right. Or right. it helps to provide structure on this is the time we eat breakfast or this mm-hmm. is the mm-hmm. time we eat dinner mm-hmm. and, you know. And it helps with um, when the same person's dropping off and picking up <gasps> or when you're going to the same door with the same person, person. meeting you at the door. Those sameness helps Where are child. all the sames, you know, for the yes. child? That really helps them trust. Interesting. Okay. So trust is a huge thing for little ones especially, but yeah. even for the older ones. I mean, if they – if even as adults, you know, when we walk into a new place, it it can take us up to seven, ten minutes before we figure out who we can trust in the room when we've walked into a new room and don't know anyone. Yeah. You know, absolutely. So just think as adults what that feels like. Well, as a child, that's even twice as long, if if not longer, you know, for, for sure. them to figure out who they can trust in the room. Um, but then just how how do they then translate that trust to the people in the room, the things in the room, what they're able to keep with them and not keep with oh, them, like a blankie yes. or a cup yes. or whatever it might be. So setting them up for success, you know. Right. If your child is verbal and they enjoy being able to talk things out then give them the words to say before they get to the door. You know, if you're dropping off and they're having a hard time, well, let's talk about it ahead of time. Yeah. But then let's role play this a little bit before you ever get there. Uh Uh-huh. No. When mommy says, I love you, goodbye, have a good day, then you're going to be able to have your time to say, I love you, mommy, have a good day. So you give them the words to say. Right. Help them think through it ahead of time. And again, that's if they're verbal, if their personality lends itself that way. Other times, some some of us mommies like to hang around. I know. <laughs> to think they're going to make it better. No. Uh, no moms do that. Yeah. No, we absolutely do that. So and you want to wait and watch and yes, see if they make sure. Crying. And I get that. Yes, you, I know. You I know. are concerned for your child. Yes. Absolutely. But they will pick up on the fact if you hang around and keep checking, then that might be giving the signal to your child that you as the parent don't trust the situation. Interesting. And have to come back and rescue. Interesting. Yeah. So figure, you know, see what kinds of um, silent messages are being sent by your own behaviors. Interesting. Yes. Um, yes. And then just following through with what you, you say is going to happen really Needs to happen. Uh-huh. If you tell them after nap time, I'm going to come back and pick you up, then be back and pick them up. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, follow through with what has been told because the expectations have been laid. And then that just really busts that trust. And I and kind of have to start over. Yeah. That's this is yeah. all really, really good. Yeah. It's so, really good. You know, and, and, with you and I in our in our ministries, this is such a vital part of ministering to young families. 
with our volunteers. Uh-huh. Oh, Having the same person at I the know. door is a huge thing for children and parents. I know. It matters so much. It's where the trust starts. Yeah, right. And right. if they can't trust us, they will never be able to understand how to trust their God because this is the first place, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I say never. That's, it does that's happen. A heavy, that's a heavy word. I shouldn't say it like that. Right. But it's harder. Yes. And I lay a foundation. It does. And I think I've had conversations with adults who had uh, really hard, you know, upbringing. Mm -hmm. And that is a hard thing. Mm -hmm. So hard. Because that's your first picture of a parent. And we are to look at God as a parent. Yes. Yes. Which of course puts a lot of pressure on us exactly. as parents. <laughs> exactly. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Those the children God's designed us to trust. I mean, yeah. without trust, we can't believe in him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But so really, as a young child, that's really very fundamental to their growth and maturity mm-hmm. and helping them thrive as an adult yes. is laying such a strong foundation of trust, yes. healthy right. trust. Well, okay. And <laughs> and one of the things that gave me purpose as a preschool parent, mm-hmm. because I, I – I don't know if it's just me or all. I want so badly for my thing, the things that I do to have purpose. Oh, of course. Well, changing a diaper, <laughs> getting a child to the classroom, packing their lunch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It, it's easy to think those things don't have purpose, mm. but they actually do. They do. Very that caring much. for your baby, dropping your child off in a, in a mm-hmm. loving way and mm-hmm showing up to pick them up and mm-hmm. being available to them when they're crying or those things mm-hmm. have such deeper purpose. Deeper. That's it exactly matters. Right. That's exactly right. Our our babies can come into the world physically needing everything right. met for them. And so that's the very first way we build that trust is by meeting their needs over and over yeah. and over in physical demanding ways. Right. And then that's exhausting. Yeah. But it is the underlying everything. It's mm-hmm. it, it's helping their brain connect that I am loved. Yes. I am um cared for yeah. well. Yeah. And so those little connectors in their brain are actually fusing yeah. well because right. of their physical needs being met over and over and yeah. over. Yeah. And so, it's yeah. and it's ultimately giving them a foundation for knowing God. Right. That has so That's much purpose. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you constantly have to be reminded <sighs> because the day-to-day does not feel like that. The day-to-day feels very like you're on a hamster wheel or something. Exactly. Like, exactly. But and, it's making and, a huge oh, difference. Oh, gosh. And yeah. I remember how many days being like, what is my life? Uh-huh. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> exactly. But it matters. Oh. Um, okay. Oh, did you have any parenting resources that you wanted? Any oh, good yeah. things for parenting? Um, Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, two things. One would be the Parent Q app. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And that, again, is um, 
foundational to Orange curriculum, but you do not have to be tied to Orange at all. And I am not, <laughs> but I follow ParentQ app because it really started as a blog and has great parent resources. Uh-huh. But on the app, which is free, you can customize it for your child. You put in your child's name and birth date, and then it pulls up a Bible story little video. It gives you the verse. It gives you conversations to mm-hmm. have. It marks out your day of morning meal and Oh, my night. gosh. So all the things that we've already talked about really are kind of right there laid out for you through the Parent Q That's app. so good. It yes. really is very helpful. And then you can get to their blog from there and you can search all kinds of topics for parenting and resources mm-hmm. and just great information. Yeah. Very, very strong age appropriate yeah. information there. That's great. Yeah. And then the other is a newer book to me. Well, because it's a new book and <laughs> it's called uh, Habits of the Household uh-huh. by Justin Early. Okay. Habits of the heard Household. Of this. He is a dad of four boys, young boys, and he writes, he's a a lawyer by trade, uh, but he and his wife are just solid in their faith and trying to figure out how to raise these boys in a home that follows Jesus. That's good. Okay. And man, he nails it. I love the way he writes this book because it's taking your every day, all all these things we just said. Yes. He is taking them and making them into spiritual habits, mm-hmm. turning them into worship. Oh. Actually, how how are these habits in the home really worshiping yes. and glorifying God and pointing your children to God? So I just love the way he's laid it out, habits of the household. Yeah. That's great. That's and it's good. an easy, I if I can out. read it, yeah, it's an easy read. <laughs> so. I know. It's part of the problem when you're a young parent is when do you have time to read these exactly. things? So like maybe get the oh, audible and see if, you know, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. focus enough to pick up any. Yeah. Yes. And, and the way he writes this is you can pick, you can grab one chapter yeah. and get that figured out kind of, and then come back to it later. You know, you don't oh, have to good. sit down and read the whole thing before you can understand it. Right. It's not like that at all. Right. Okay. And he gives, he gives great um, follow through and questions and stuff okay. to think through. Okay. And, yeah. It's super helpful. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Last question. Okay. <laughs> what big lessons have you learned by being a preschool pastor for 17 years? Isn't it 17? <laughs> well, that, I've been, I have actually been a minister uh, in preschool children for, oh gosh, it's probably closer to 30. <gasps> You've uh, just been here uh, at yeah, this place yes, for 17. Yes, yes. So I hate to say that out loud because, I mean, then I realize, oh, man, you're old. <laughs> <laughs> You don't. You don't look old. That's why I thought seventeen was a perfectly fine oh, number. Thirty. So, yeah. Thirty so, years. That's so many. And that crazy. They're like. I bet a lot of your oh, people that so are in your ministry many. now are. I know. Parents. They are. They are. Well, even yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. That so, is so cool. It's really a sweet, sweet blessing. Yes. A sweet opportunity that God has given me yeah. to be able to watch people just. Grow up yeah. and blossom and thrive and have their own family. Oh my gosh. It's just a dear. So, probably the number one lesson uh, would be to simplify life. 
<laughs> and this, that sounds so easy. It's oh, so it's hard. Not. It's yeah. just horribly hard. Um, but I think as adults, we can learn so much from our children. Mm. If we will stop and watch them, just enjoy life yeah. in very simple ways. Yeah. yeah. So take out as much clutter, whatever that means. I'm not, I am not. Oh my goodness! I am not a min- minimalist at all. No, no way. We're I not coming to your house or I'm anything. Not, well, no I'm not, don't even come to my office. <laughs> um, but to simplify life in um, our scheduling, in the noise that we allow in, um, the things that we say yes to, those mm-hmm. things are huge and affect our children. Yeah, and. The busier we are, the more confused our children become. Hmm. And actually, we are training them to stay busy. And then that just brings on more anxiety. And we know what we are hearing and seeing lived out right now on this day with such anxiety levels and mental health at a high. Well, that really boils down to the fact lots of us are way too busy uh-huh so sim- how, how can we simplify life yeah. you know i know so that would be the number one thing i've i think i've uh, gleaned from and just observing life from a ministry standpoint and trying to focus in on children and young families yeah. keep things simple right if you can right you know yeah um, and that just that that provides a healthy future for our children. Mm-hmm. That the more they can be outside, and we here in the Metroplex, mm-hmm. that's hard yeah. to do. Yeah. And you really have to <laughs> schedule in some time for right. outside. Right. Um, but the outside is a huge help for right. our children. Right. So that's simplify good. life. That would probably be the biggest key. And, and I've kind of already said it. The second one would be to make sure we're holding space for children. Oh. Just hold some space in, in our, in our places we go and mm-hmm. the people we are with. If, mm-hmm. I, if the people we are with don't hold space for children, then we might not need to spend our time with them yet. You know, mm-hmm. how, and not that our children are the be all end all. We don't want to just focus everything around them, but in ministry, that's what I that I advocate for children. And so holding space for them means we are paying attention to them when we're when they are talking to us. Right. Right. We stop and we look at them. Right. We don't look over them. Uh-huh. We don't talk about them to others in their presence. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. how are we holding space for them yeah. as we talk, as we um, schedule, as we play at home? Where are the spaces for them? That's good. To hold space for them. That's really good. Um, and then the third one. I've got yes. three. Okay. I love it. <laughs> and then um, as ministry, how are we encouraging young parents? Mm-hmm. So such an exhausting place in life Mm -hmm. when you already feel so out of your comfort zone as a new parent, you have no idea and you're thinking, why didn't somebody tell me this? (laughs) Well, there's several reasons, but but you're just out of, you're totally into into a new world. And so that is so intimidating. So how do we encourage those young 
parents, but then how do we keep encouraging them as their child grows mm. and as we get to those teen years mm-hmm. and, and life Oof. really can get sticky, messy. Mm-hmm. Um, encouraging parents, that's another huge yeah. thing for me. That's good. Making sure they're seen, heard, loved, yeah, and encouraged. Yeah, that's great. My boys are eight and five now. So we're definitely out of the baby and toddler stage. But not so long ago that I don't remember it. I remember clearly feeling like those days were hard. I remember feeling so tired and not having any window of time to rest. I remember thinking, will there ever be a day that I can just get something done without getting interrupted 25 times? I remember the crying and the whining the outburst of emotions because my boys didn't yet have the ability to use words. I remember my arms, oh my goodness, my arms feeling so tired of carrying that car seat or picking up and carrying my children everywhere. I remember feeling like I was constantly changing diapers, cleaning things, washing clothes, picking up. It felt relentless. And I wasn't sure if what I was doing really mattered. It's hard in the mundane. And you know, with children, you don't immediately see the fruit from your efforts. I don't know about your preschooler, but mine, mine never said, you know, thank you so much for changing my diaper, feeding me, holding me, and making sure I'm safe today. This really will help me in the long run. You know, that just didn't happen. So it just makes it easy to wonder if you are doing all of this right, if it matters. Honestly, you're wondering, am I going to make it? But y'all, I can see glimpses now with my eight and five-year-old that their experiences as preschoolers really impacted who they are becoming today. It does really matter. And I'll tell you as a mom of elementary-aged children, but you should totally ask a mom of high school or college-age kids, these preschool days, while hard, really will be gone before you know it. It's weird. It is so weird. I looked at my eight-year-old the other day and thought, huh, when was the last time I physically picked him up? Because y'all, I can't. I can't pick him up now. He's too big. And I don't even remember when it happened. How did this happen? It just did. So preschool parent, you won't be in this season forever. You're gonna have some hard days. But what you are doing is worth it. It's worth it. Nanette mentioned some books and resources, and I will link those in the show notes. Also, I want you to know she has a podcast for parents of preschoolers, and it is so good. I will link that as well. Thank you for listening. If you would share this with a friend, rate this, write a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to. It really, really helps. And I will talk to y'all next time.